Jewelry isn't a gift you give just once. It's a way to remind your loved one of a beautiful moment every time they see it. Blue Nile can help you find the gift that says how you feel and says it beautifully with expert guidance and a wide assortment of jewelry of the highest quality at the best price. Go to BlueNile.com and experience the convenience of shopping Blue Nile, the original online jeweler since 1999. That's BlueNile.com to find the perfect jewelry gift for any occasion. BlueNile.com. Hold up. What was that? Boring. No flavor. That was as bad as those leftovers you ate all week. Kiki Palmer here, and it's time to say hello to something fresh and guilt-free. Hello Fresh. Jazz up dinner with pecan-crusted chicken or garlic butter shrimp scampi. Now that's music to my mouth. Hello Fresh. Let's get this dinner party started. Discover all the delicious possibilities at hellofresh.com. Hey, it's Ryan Reynolds and I'm here with Keith, co-star of my upcoming film If, only in theaters May 17th. Do you want to tell people the big news? All right, I'll do. It. Sign up now and you'll get unlimited for $15 a month in six months of Paramount Plus Essential Plan on us. Mintmobile.com slash switch. Upfront payment of $45 equivalent to $15 per month. Unlimited over 40 gigabytes per month. Face lower speeds. Videos at 480p. Active Mint customers by 531.24 get six months of Paramount Plus Essential Plan. Auto renews after six months. Offer ends May 31st, 2024. Separate Paramount Plus registration required. Terms and conditions apply if rated PG. Hi there, I'm Georgie Ainsley, and every week I talk to someone who is a performance person. They could be an athlete from the world of entertainment, business, or politics. They could even be an astronaut. The key link is, of course, that they all know how to perform at the top level, and they can teach us all a thing or two about how to do that in our own lives at whatever it is that we do. Performance People is available wherever you get your podcasts, or of course, you can watch us on YouTube, where you can also subscribe, and please do. Rob Madden is a performance coach and physio who's worked for over a decade with Anthony Joshua and is currently supporting Lance Stroll in Formula One. As well as helping athletes maximize their performances, he also works with entertainment stars, musicians and CEOs to prepare them on a daily basis for the challenges and demands of the worlds in which they live. He's specialized in sleep coaching and recovery and rehab. And suddenly my HRV's hit proper bottom and I'm starting to feel malaise and tiredness. And this could be particularly, say, you know, pre-menopausal women or it could be a guy running a CEO, a business who's on the brink of burnout. And you start to see that, you might be thinking, well, you know what, something's not right. People get stressed and that can be from small things, big things. And really we're looking to manage those stress levels day to day so people can be happy and feel healthy and perform at their best. But it, any, anyone can change and it can feel a bit overwhelming. Like if you say someone who's overweight, you smoke and you don't exercise and you feel, you know what, I'm, I've got to the point where I really got to sort my stuff out, then it's still possible. Rob, thanks so much for coming on. It's lovely to have you on our, on our podcast. I want to start with sleep, which seems like a random place to begin because it's, you know, not the day, it's the night. But I believe that every great day is followed by an amazing night's sleep. <laughs> and if we don't get one, then everything else falls apart. So can we start with sleep? And, and I suppose it feels like a very generic question, but one that I'd love you to answer. Why does it matter? Why is it so important to us? Uh, so sleep is absolutely paramount as you say 
it's helpful for a variety of reasons, but particularly for those people that are pushing themselves day to day, whether it's athletes or people running a business, sleep is what allows you to recover both physically and mentally um, and manage your hormones essentially as well, both for, for male and female health. So this is when we recover. This is when our anaerobic system increases where we produce things like growth hormone and our cortisol levels drop and it allows ourselves to reset our system so we can come come at every day with that, that renewed energy um and we know from the research that if if you don't have enough sleep it's going to affect mood it's going to affect cognitive output and it's going to affect injury risk and things like that so not just for athletes but for just regular regular people it's absolutely critical do we all need eight hours? I mean, I never get eight hours. Do I need eight hours? No. So uh, sleep requirements change as we get older. Uh, so, you know, teenagers need 10, 11 hours. Obviously, we know babies and toddlers need more. Um, as we get older into our 40s, 50s, you know, we certainly don't need as much. And I would say six and a half, seven hours is a pretty good goal. Um, but when it comes to elite athletes and injury, we think that, for again, from the research, seven and a half hours would be ideal um, if people are really pushing themselves. So, But if you're not an athlete, certainly I think you can operate pretty well off six to seven. Anyone I sort of speak to about the subject of sleep, everyone seems to feel like they never get great sleep, they never get enough sleep, they could always do with better and more sleep. What does a really good sleep hygiene program look like? If you were going to have the world's most perfect sleep, what would it look like? So I think, there, yeah, it's good to talk about what would be perfect and then what's realistic, I guess. The perfect world would ideally be what we did a thousand years ago. You know, we rose with the sun and we went down with the sun. Um, we had, you know, the circadian rhythm built purely off of light. And, and this is our single most, it, it's, it's, the, it's the single most thing that influences our, our body clock the most is sunlight. Um, so that would be the start point. Wake up with the sun and limit light exposure in the evening. So before bed, you know, looking at an action movie with bright high HD film is, is going to not be ideal. But the reality is everyone's looking at their screens much more than we ever did. And going completely absent on screens for two hours before bed is somewhat unrealistic. So I think we need to do what we can to minimize the brightness of screens. You know, uh, Apple have good features where you can turn down, you know, turn up the hue, make it more red. Uh, and we also want to limit our stress response. We want to limit our working stress, looking at emails, replying to things that maybe energize us and make us more alert. So I think typically my advice to someone who asked me that question would be, look, try to limit your exposure to bright light too late, at least an hour before bed. Ideally, reading a book in bed would be the best situation. Um, and doing something maybe that relaxes you and everyone's Everyone's different. Some people might prefer a hot bath. Some people might like listening to some chilled music. Uh, some people might be into meditating with that um, and doing breath work. Some people might find it hard. So everyone's different. But I think, you know, for me, um, I personally, uh, I do well with, with a hot shower and then a book. But admittedly, when work's busy, I, 
I break the rules as well. So I think that the perfect routine doesn't exist. And when you look at professional athletes, none of them are, none of them are doing the perfect routine either. What's the one thing though that you would say? I mean, you you um you coach or you're a physio for AJ for Anthony Joshua. What's the one thing you would say to an elite athlete like him about sleep and and the value of it? Yeah, so for him, I, mean, I do less with him now, but I had a, a very strong relationship with him for a decade, and he's a good friend. And you know, him and I have shared growth with sleep together. Like he, we were both probably didn't give it enough attention 10 years ago and now he definitely definitely prioritizes it and i've i've worked on trying to find solutions for him uh when whenever we've been traveling in the past we look at light for example so if we're in a hotel room the first thing we want to see is okay can we manage the temperature can we maximize his comfort making sure the beds are really good the pillows are really good the temperature's low and now we've got this technology that can allow us to control the temperature of a mattress top which is really cool. Um, and light limiting the light in the hotel, limiting sound. If you're in, you know, you're in hotels and, or even at home in London, you can be prone to background noise. So wearing earplugs or certainly reducing noise, the, the key things that you can control. Um, and yeah, just improving his education. As I said earlier, you know, if he sleeps more, he's going to perform better. He's going to recover better and he's going to, get himself less injured um, day to day. So certainly one week before an event, whether it's a Formula One race or a heavyweight title, the team and myself are always trying to prioritise sleep and looking at, like, we cannot risk any, you know, any negative impact um, to their sleep. So really trying to do everything we can to give them, give them the best environment. And how scientific does this get? I mean, are you studying data on a daily basis and can you directly correlate that to successful performance or better performance? Uh, thanks for that question because it's one of my biggest loves at the moment and it, I suppose it integrates with wearable technology and it's a really long discussion, but I try to summarise my philosophy on it. Wearable technology at present is phenomenal. Uh, we've got We've got companies like Whoop and Aura Ring, which allow us to understand how much deep sleep are we getting? Where's our resting heart rate? Where's our temperature? There you go. I've got one as well that I wear at night. And so for me, day to day, that's a really great way to improve your own knowledge of sleep and how things impact you. For example, some people are more sensitive to alcohol. Some people are more sensitive to late meals. I'm actually sensitive to both of those things. So, you know, you see a negative skew in your data, it becomes a personal coach to you to say, okay, well, I had cheesecake at half nine and my my data was all over the place. Then it's kind of a message to say, well, yeah, avoid those late night desserts. But for me as well, I have to be honest, there are negative elements to wearable technology to the point where I think um, it can become, we can become a little bit over-reliant on it and also, uh, it can impact us negatively. So if you're looking at a high performance event, whether that's delivering a keynote as a CEO or doing a set as a DJ or competing in, as an athlete, if you are looking at your data close to that event and that data provides negative feedback, that's going to affect your mood and your, your kind of confidence in yourself. So my philosophy in a nutshell, sorry, I, I told you it's a, it's a long topic, but my nutshell would be use it, use it all year, but at times, take it off, have a detox. If you go on holiday, put it in, you know, put, leave it at home. If you've got a major event, don't wear it. 
um, because actually we just want to we want to go back to the simple side of life at that point. I think that that's my view anyway. Some people would maybe disagree with me, but that's where I stand on it. Can you explain HRV and why that's so relevant and why that matters so much? And what what is everyone is different, obviously, as we've explained, and people need different things from their sleep and and different amounts of sleep. But with HRV, what are we looking for? What's the optimum thing? Because I, I knew very little about it until I started wearing my aura ring. And now I'm obsessed by it and I can't seem to change the dial on it. How do I do that? Yeah, it's another really good topic that it's great to see people improving their knowledge of these topics that were really niche in sports science for years, right? And there, there's been lots and lots of research done on HRV. We know it's relevant for recovery, general health. Um, now, one thing that's really important to, to stress, and this would be the most important element to your question, is everyone's different, as you say, and we're looking at variability of that heart rate variability. So... I know clients that are you know, musicians or athletes that have a chronically low HRV, much like myself, actually. Um, and then I know people that are less fit that have really high HRV. Now, that doesn't necessarily mean that they're fitter or healthier. Um, it is generally better to have a higher HRV. If you could choose which one you would want, you'd opt for higher. However, that doesn't mean that having a slightly lower heart rate variability is bad. Um, so the key point I would make um, is watch out for trends in how much it varies day to day. So if it's jumping and up and down throughout the week, then it's a certain sign that you're under load, you're under stress and you need to pull back. But whether that's uh, from a cognitive stress perspective or whether that's from a physical perspective. Um, but if your HRV is nice and flat, or slightly increasing as you make positive shifts to your lifestyle, such as early dinners or reducing processed sugars, whatever that might be. And you start to see how oh, cool I had a really tight nutrition day today. I did some, I did an hour run, felt really great. And you see that HRV bump up, you know, cool, this is, I'm, I'm on track here. Can we talk about the figures of that involved? Because I understand exactly what you're saying, but I need a benchmark. So if it says 40, or something along those lines, what, you know, how low is that and how high can you go and um, how much can you change the dial on it just by having better daily habits? Okay, great question. Um, how much can you change the dial? Not easily, not much. And, and it, it's more of a long-term gradual shift. So what you're not looking or expecting is after one month of improved lifestyle, your HRV is going to go from 40 to 75. Um, you're more likely to see a, an increment of around 15% maybe uh, or 10%. So it might start getting towards 50 or the late 40s if you've really worked at it. Um, but I, I use wearable technology with a lot of my clients, whether they're you know entertainers or athletes, uh, often with a shared goal to just use it as a marker of how well they're how, how the well-being is and you know a little bit of fluctuation day-to-day -day is normal again if we're looking at sort of a 15 to 20 percent decline uh, then we know that probably something's up um sub five percent decline not so big a deal and actually what what the aura ring and the wound tend to do well these days is it actually tells you and it uses that data to 
create your readiness score, create that feedback to you. So actually you can see, all right, my HRV has gone from 42, which is my average, to 31. And, and they're telling me that, you know, I should, rec- I should prioritize recovery, sleep, and ease back on training today, for example. So the, the tech itself is good at telling us, but as a, as a ballpark, some of those percentages may help you understand uh, where you're at. What's, what's a red flag? Um, for, for health. Yeah. Especially if you're tracking it with wearables, if you're, because a lot of us are sort of self, it's a little bit like when we first discovered Google and, um, anything medical went wrong with us and we Googled stuff and then found ourselves, you know, on the doorstep of the nearest medical center, thinking that it was, you know, nearly the end because we'd Googled something and found something horrendous relating to our symptoms. So what with track, with wearables and trackables, you know, it, Obviously, um, we're learning and we're educating ourselves, but is there anything in them where if you, if you start seeing regular signs of a thing, you need to actually, there's a red flag here? Yeah, thank you again. Beautiful question because it's, it's a really interesting and, and, and powerful topic because I'm a big believer in people using it to improve their health and we don't want it to go the other way, as I said. So to answer... Um, most of these techs are looking at a combined number of scores. So temperature, resting heart rate, and HRV. Now, I would say in a nutshell, if all three of those things are off, i.e. There's a, there's a big temperature spike, your heart rate's increasing, and your HRV drops, then that would typically suggest that you're either about to get sick or are sick. Now, this is particularly relevant for high performers or athletes because we know, okay, if your HRV is a bit down, no big deal. Let's jump in the sauna. Let's have a stretch. Let's back off from your sparring today because you're you're knackered. Um, but if we start to see some of those other things like a, a, a you know 10 beat increase on heart rate and uh, an increased temp, we know that they're on the brink of being sick or or already sick and, and certainly that would require complete rest rather than okay we're not getting in the sauna because that's going to stress your immune system um so it's really great to be able to manipulate your day based off of those data now on the flip side if you have fairly normal temp and uh, resting heart rate but you're seeing okay i've had half a year of fairly normal hrv and suddenly my hrv's hit rock bottom and I'm starting to feel malaise and tiredness. And this could be particularly, say, you know, premenopausal women, or it could be a guy running a CEO, a business who's on the brink of burnout. And you start to see that, you might be thinking, well, you know what, something's not right. Um, and, and that would be a good time to sort of delve into some blood tests and looking at hormonal panels. Okay. What are you seeing with all the different clients that you have, Rob, from sports stars, um, athletes, entertainers, CEOs, you know, across the board, people in a high performance gig, whether that be physical, mental, emotional, um, what are you seeing as the uh, commonalities, the trends amongst those people? I would say that regardless of success, and financial stability, people get stressed out. It's life. We're all human. And whether you've got 500 million or, or not, or whether you're famous or not, or whether you're successful, depending on how you define success, um, people get stressed. And that can be from small things, big things. And really, we're looking to 
manage those stress levels day to day so people can be happy and feel healthy and perform at their best. But no one's uh, no one's bulletproof and no one's resilient to never never be uh, down or, or stressed. So coaching, working in teams, performance teams to provide a client or an athlete that support, it's all about really just trying to maximize their potential, keep them healthy, and most importantly, keep them happy. Because if they're doing what they do and they're they're depressed, then you have to ask other questions like what 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 are we doing here? And in terms of in terms of um the human performance element, which is very much something that we associate with sports teams, you know, pulling that into a CEO's world. Um, how, how have you managed to do that? And your lessons from working with sports professionals, how have you adapted that for regular people, for everyday people who are also, you know, running, like you say, these big companies or have jobs with a lot of pressure attached to them, lots of presentations, you know, lots of deadlines to hit and possibly to miss, you know, how are you using what you've learned from the world of sport in, in business? Yeah, certainly there's a lot of transferability between athletes and high performers. And many of the topics we've already discussed, such as sleep optimization, wearable technology, those things I'm using across the board with, with uh, businessmen, businesswomen, entertainers, etc. Um, I suppose one of the things I would say is if someone's already highly successful, we have to be careful as coaches coming in and saying, well, okay, well, this is how we're going to do it from now. You know, I don't think this is good. Let's change everything you're doing because ultimately they're probably already doing pretty damn good. Um, it's where often where they're, they're neglecting their health or well-being because of their uh, because of their sort of need to drive and be successful. So, I would say small changes are key. Often with these characters, particularly like high-powered CEOs and stuff, that they're control freaks. They they have their own way of doing things. So small change, education, using examples, you know, whether it's VIPs, athletes that you can say, look, I just did this the other day with Anthony, or I did this with this singer, or, you know, I tried this new supplement, I tried this new sleep uh, technique, and you drip, you drip feed it, and you make small changes, and you achieve long-term outcomes because of that, and you're not looking to sort of reinvent the wheel really quickly. What's the thing that breaks through more than most things when you're trying to tell people to change their habits for, for the better um, and you're trying to educate people? What's the thing that they sort of latch onto? There must be something or a couple of things perhaps in your armory that you think, oh, I'll pull that one out today because I know that that's going to have an instant impact and that is going to absolutely make them listen and pay attention to what I'm suggesting. Yeah. I mean, you, you could be a very good coach yourself, to be honest. Uh, you ultimately <laughs> need, yeah, you need to find out what that ind- what what ticks that individual, and offer them some gems to support that process. So it might be that, yeah. Often with the, uh, the again, I refer back to it quite a bit, but sort of the big high power male CEO, he might be just to continue his, you know success in his business managing the business and, and being able to perform at his best cognitively and also being able to be with his family and play with his kids it might be as simple as that so you're like okay we need to enhance this guy's mind by keeping him alert and we need to keep him on top of his body so that he can bend run jump twist 
and not feel pain and feel young. So from that, you, you get to build a plan and you say, okay, well, look, there's three elements of focus here. We need you sleeping well. I need you to cut out the alcohol X amount of nights a week because you're drinking every day. And we need you doing A, B, and C in the gym so you can be at your best for your family. It, it, it might not be anything sort of dramatic, but understanding what makes that individual tick is what's going to allow you to have the most impact. Certainly where, where sports people are concerned, it, it feels like the preparation's everything um, and, and preparing well is is key is, is that across the board does that relate to everybody that you've you've come across if you can get them into a a solid sort of maintenance program and keep them there then they're less likely to get ill they're less likely to get sick and therefore they're more likely to perform better agree 100 percent. yeah i would say two things that underpin most of these um most of these clients is going to be uh, being consistent with their process and being prepared, those two things. If you can nail those two things, then yeah, you're 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 looking pretty good. And when I say being consistent, uh, being a consistent across kind of three or four key pillars of health and performance: sleep, recovery, training. Um, and yeah, I would say being prepared as much as it can re- you can lean on the team to take some of that weight off your shoulders if you're a busy, high-powered athlete. You know, it's making sure you know your team can deliver, okay, pre-checks on the hotel, sleep environment, supplements. Okay, we've got the chef there. We've got our food preps. We know where we're getting the food source from when we get to that country. We've got everyone in place. Everyone's there to do their job to take that stress off that client. So preparation is the key to success. And and, and what obviously Team GB is a big underpinning um, uh, core value of, of Team GB and, and the British Olympic Association that, you know, being prepared is what allows them to be the best. And I, I mean, I often talk to my husband, Ben, about this, but, you know, in terms of being well and immunity, it's not, it's not a sort of a marginal gain. It's an absolute necessity. I mean, you can't afford to be sick, can you, as a professional athlete? And I guess in the world in which we're living, where there are so many demands placed on people in whatever line of work that they may do, um, I'm guessing it's, it's the same across the board now. I mean, people are people um, asking you more than ever, especially post-COVID, how do I stay well? <laughs> Yeah, absolutely. And, you know, I think with the amount of travel that these guys are doing, the the key element to uh, reduce risk is having a sort of pre and post travel routine. So on the plane, making sure that, you know, you're reducing exposure as much as possible. And, and that maybe is not necessarily people need to wear masks, but um, there is some sort of little bit of evidence to say that the nasal sprays, the sort of pre-cold sprays work a bit to provide a little bit of a membrane, a bit of protection. Um obviously hand hygiene and nutrition as well and hydration this this the key things that we can control and making sure right we're not going to have plain food we're going to pre pre-pack some good healthy um, carbs proteins and vegetables so that we've got good snacks to lean on on the flight and some immune boosting uh supplements such as zinc bit c making sure that their vitamin d levels are, are good as well and you know various things that you can control both before the flight and and on landing and and making sure that if there's some travel involved and time shifting that those first few days of transition there, again, you're, you're, you're maximize, you're sort of bumping up the immune system as much as possible and avoiding pushing the physical system too hard. So that, and then that goes back to preparation. So if you've got an event on 
X date, ideally you want to try and arrive a couple of weeks beforehand to, to take your time in adapting. But unfortunately, we don't always have that luxury. As you can imagine with the premiership footballers and stuff, those guys literally just have to rock up and go. So, I, yeah. It makes me think about Formula One, though. I mean, I did Formula One for a season and the travelling involved is so intense and extensive and so full on. And you are, again, it's the travelling is one thing, but then you've got to deal with the jet lag. I mean, if you're, if you're te- sort of looking after any of those drivers in the paddock, what are you doing with them? What are you saying to them? What are you making them do to make them overcome all of those things that are, you know, out of their control ostensibly? Yeah, absolutely. I mean, I, I traveled with, um, with, with my driver for, for a while and now actually there's another trainer that that does the races and I I tend to look after him back in the UK, but yeah, it's a really intense season. And compared to say eight years ago, I think there were 16 races. Now there's 24 races. It's, It's absolutely mental and they're shifting time zones all the time. And they need to stay at, at weight. So it's like essentially like they're a boxer all year round. They're having to stay at a, a nice healthy weight. So they 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 fit in the car and they're comfortable and they're not they're not making the car slower by being too heavy. So it's really tough. And and as you say, they need to be uh really healthy. They can't afford to get sick. Um so it's a really fine balance between pushing them in the gym and allowing them to stay fit and strong in their neck and their their physiology and not breaking them because you know they might be just back from a long haul trip jet lagged and tired and stiff and you have to really you know that you need to push a little bit in order to get adaptation but you don't want to break them so it's a really really very interesting job and uh, i love i love being part of it and thinking about all the different variables um when it comes to the race itself it's obviously there's lots of other things to think about such as hydration and temperature management but your point just around the travel alone is is a big enough challenge. Okay, so how much of a difference do you think that you can make to Lance Stroll's success rate on track on um, a race weekend just by employing the right tactics for pre-race preparation? So my honest opinion on this question would be the, the most important element of performance is going to come down to the car and then the ability for that for the driver to feel that car and feel confident in that car so it might be that for example one car one of the team members is performing well like for example max and you know historically max's teammates have have always been behind him so max obviously has a really great feel of that car and other people have struggled over the years so first and foremost for me is car performance and then the ability for that driver to to be in tune with the car, and then of course the, the the team and the engineers and all the strategy play a huge percentage. So my honest answer is, as a performance coach, the impact on driving is actually pretty damn small, and as a percentage would be very small. However, I think on the mental side, I think it is probably the most relevant to performance, being in the zone, being prepared, and you know I think some of the drivers will have performance coaches that focus on that a bit more I, you know for me I'm more of a strength coach physio dipping into the recovery I, I, I'm not sort of a, an advanced sports psychologist but um, I, I feel that that area is is probably the key area and then the physical prep being fit being robust is just it's just essential like they can't get away with not being fit so your your job as a performance coach is to make sure they're turning up like you said they're not sick 
they're strong, they can go for the race and not get tired. And thankfully, you know, myself and my co-colleague Henry, we we work together to try and keep keep our driver in a position where, yeah, he turns up and he feels able to perform physically. It's interesting, isn't it, about the mental aspect because you can control to some degree the physical bit um, and and make sure that's as well prepped as it possibly can be. But actually, if you're not physically in the best condition, then presumably that will affect you cognitively and mentally and emotionally. And then, you know, that can start causing doubt or, you know, con- just tap into those negative thoughts in your mind. So presumably, actually, to go at it all yeah. guns are blazing, it, it starts, doesn't it, right from the basics. The basics have to be right. And then you just have to build on those unsuspecting. Yeah, absolutely. And let's not forget that cognitive stress and adrenaline, some of those things that are going to happen during the race are going to have a direct impact on heart rate and and stress as well, cortisol levels. So it is multifactorial. Um, And for me, physical requirements, i.e. they're cardiovascularly fit, their neck is strong, their trunk is strong, and they can break hard those core things if you've ticked that box that is the critical thing like if you're not if you're turning up with a really stiff neck or you're you've got a neck injury you're going to you're going to struggle to complete complete the race so um do those things increase the ability for the driver to finish on the podium by having a strong neck and a, and a good heart rate you know a, a, good, a good kind of ask fitness no not really but if they don't have it they're not going to be up there so obviously an elite athlete's got a bunch of people supporting them, the human performance team. Uh, and that's and that's absolutely right and proper for the world in which they live in. If you then relate that across to an entertainment star who might be gigging up and down the country and in various hotel rooms every day of the week and maybe delving into the minibar here and there when they shouldn't be. Um, and then you've obviously got... Um, a a business person who's got a presentation to the board or whatever that might look like as well. How do you get them set on the right pattern of behavior? Because it is, isn't it? It's about these routines, making sure the routines are in place. An athlete already has that by nature of the way in which they live and work and breathe. But how do you get regular people to understand how important it is to live by a good routine daily? Yeah. And that, that, that's an awesome question there and i i've really loved those experiences that i've had i've had some really awesome unique experiences like i, I rehabbed uh gem the the guitarist for oasis and you know i grew up with oasis and it was like i met him and he broke his he's broken his leg and came in and he was kind of tired he said look uh, i just need you to get me ready for tour so i was like oh this is fun you know it's a bit different to athletes and um he wasn't really someone who trained or looked after himself particularly well uh, which made it more of a challenge. Um, and then it was just slowly, slowly, like I said earlier, I didn't come in there and try and throw everything at him in one go, but it's a matter of saying, look, okay, I need you not to drink. I need you to eat this food. Um, you know, you can have one or two beers at the weekend, but look, we've got to tighten things up and I need you training and getting on the bike and doing these rehab exercises. And, and I slowly sort of drip fed it through and he, he smashed it. He got like really healthy. And uh, I remember going to the tour and, you know, watching him perform and it was like, oh, that's really awesome. Like he, he, he kind of really shifted his, his long-term habits around health and fitness and, 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 and achieved good success. So that, that was a fun one ages ago, but, you know, to, to kind of draw on that as an experience, I think that 
it, any, anyone can change and it can feel a bit overwhelming. Like if you say someone who's overweight, you smoke and you don't exercise and you feel, you know what, I'm, I've got to the point where I really got to sort my stuff out, then it's still possible. You can still get get on track and, and make small changes to better health. Um, and, and, you know, I think it's, it's more and more accessible for people to understand what they need to do these days. You know, you've got everything on the internet, so there's no excuses anymore. <laughs> There are no excuses. Um, what about finishing then on a good performance tip? So, Rob, if you had to say to somebody who, who's just craving advice from everywhere and anywhere about how to perform better every day, what's the one thing that you would say that they could do starting tomorrow that would change their world? Okay, I'll split this in half. One cognitive, one physical. The, the cognitive, I would say... Do three things if you need to work, if you need to get your head down and like finish a task. Don't multitask, number one. Number two, set a timer of focused work. And number three, remove distractions. Now, after that, say, 25-minute Pomodoro timer, it goes off. You can take a five-minute break, look at Instagram, whatever, and then go back to your work. So simple, simple stuff that's been well-researched, um, but something that I've been trying to do more and more lately myself because I'm spinning like 15 plates at any one time, and I'm like, feel like I'm becoming inefficient. So try to try to follow that one myself. And the physical one I would say is kind of a shout out to those weekend warriors and people that push themselves to the max would be learn when to pull back, um, push yourself day to day, but make sure that you're recovering. Because the problem I'm finding more and more in society is people just push themselves both at work and then in the gym and then they just break down and they get injured or they get you know, stressed out. So being able to recover, being able to take a step back from life and do something that is going to reset your system is, is going to help. Okay. Well, I'm going to employ that as of tomorrow. Thank you. <laughs> That's brilliant, Great. Rob. Thanks so, <laughs> awesome. thanks so much for, for coming on the pod. That's been really, it's really informative, really interesting. Thank you. Oh, thanks for having me. Planning for your next trip? Elevate your travel style with Quince. Quince has all the jet-setting essentials you'll want for your next getaway, like European linen, premium luggage options, buttery soft Italian leather bags, and so much more. And it's all priced at 50 to 80% less than similar brands. Plus, Quince only works with factories that use safe and ethical manufacturing practices. Pack your bags with high-quality essentials you'll be wearing for vacations to come with Quince. Go to quince.com slash trip for free shipping and 365-day returns. Hi, I'm Daniel, founder of Pretty Litter. Did you know cats tend to hide symptoms of sickness and pain? I learned this the hard way after losing my cat, Gingy. So I created Pretty Litter, a health-monitoring litter that helps detect early signs of illness by changing colors, saving you money and potentially your cat's life. Pretty Litter is veterinarian developed, and it's the easiest way to keep tabs on your fur baby's health right at home. Go to prettylitter.com and use code ACAST for 20% off your first order and a free cat toy. Terms and conditions apply. See site for details. Ever catch yourself eating the same flavorless dinner three days in a row? Dreaming of something better? Well, HelloFresh is your guilt-free dream come true, baby. It's me, Kiki Palmer. Let's wake up those taste buds with hot, juicy pecan-crusted chicken or garlic butter shrimp scampi. Mm. Hello Fresh. Stop dreaming of all the delicious possibilities and dig in at HelloFresh.com. Let's get this dinner party started. Mm. 